Hello and welcome to the Heads and Volleys podcast with me, Lee Dunn. So it's Sunday morning, California. There's so much going on. Of course I'm English. Of course I'm nervous for the game that's coming up. But the title of this is Summer of Love and I think it's so relevant because of everything that's going on right now. Look at last night. Messi and Argentina won, finally. Even though Messi didn't score a goal in that game. But it happened for them. England play this afternoon. It's 8.30 here for me now. And my reason for this podcast is because of the potential ahead, not just for me as an Englishman, but for all of us around the game. The slogan around football's coming home, I think it already has come home and I'll share the reasons why. And also using this as an opportunity for gratitude because a lot of the time in soccer it becomes all about winning and then the focus is always about winning. But if only one team can win out of a tournament of teams or in a league of 20 and only one team can win, as I shared in my Redefining Success presentation last year, if that's our focus and measurement for success, then we're always going to fail. So there's been a lot of work done around the culture of the English national team and the history of failure that everybody's aware of that I don't really need to go into, but that's not really what this podcast is about. It's about seeing young players and notably in England because of my connection still in the UK and having kids beginning to emulate players again and having kids act like their superstar favorites and trying to be those players. So I always remember being a kid and if you remember Tony Yaboa playing for Leeds and scoring the bar and in goal from outside the box and that's always just been something that stuck in my head and something where I've always tried to be Tony Yaboa when I played as a kid. So it would always be, I'll be Tony Yaboa and then every time you get the ball, every time you shoot, you're trying to replicate that bar and in. Do your players do that? Do you remember doing that? Do you want your players to do that? And kind of that's where I'm going with this right now. So how do we do that? I've got some three ideas that I want to share with you. Part one is participation. Right now, we're in the summer in the US. We have summer all across the Northern Hemisphere, really. But right now, it's all about summer camps. Every man and his dog runs a soccer camp. And we've got kids that are out on the field spending anywhere from two to six or seven hours a day playing soccer on a soccer camp five days a week. This is a huge opportunity for us to grow the game through those programs. Whether your camp is designed for elite players who are trying to get to college or onto the next level, or whether they are simply kids that are just learning to play. How do you get them part of this soccer culture? Think about having scrimmages at every soccer camp. Most camps will do like a a camp world cup or scrimmages at the end of every day where kids join teams. There's number one way that we can start building the game because we get kids in teams. We have them research or begin to identify as players within that team. So in our camp world cup up in the mountains, we had England versus Scotland as a game. So then our challenge to those players should really be what Scottish players do you know? Or here are some Scottish players that I know and I want you guys to pick one of those players and I'll tell you a little bit about each player. So they begin to become familiar with these players. A lot of the traditional American sports that kids will play here, they know who the superstars are, much like we know who the superstars of soccer is in the UK or in Europe. So much the same way here. We've got to begin to build this familiarity for these players to become the next Tony Yaboa. I think that 
if kids are coming to soccer camp, they should be wearing soccer gear, of course. They should be wearing their own team's jerseys. They should be wearing their favorite team's jerseys. Maybe your camp provides jerseys for those kids or at least an element of soccer gear that we're, again, we're building. We're not having kids come to soccer camp wearing a baseball jersey or wearing denim jeans because I've seen all of that on the soccer camps that I've run before. And now in hindsight, I'm thinking we should really be pushing our game onto these players. You're here to play soccer, that's what we're going to do. Then build on participation too, where we have games like the Copper America last night. We have the Gold Cup starting this weekend. Now, after these games, after Mexico plays today or after the US plays tomorrow, can you organize a pickup game in your neighborhood? Can you get together with your team and watch the game and at halftime run out on the street and play a little 5v5? And then after the game, go out and play again or before the game play and then all get together and watch the game. And I think that participation is essential. And whilst we want our parents to get our kids out playing more and we put a lot of onus on them, you know, hey, your kids should be playing more. You need to take them out to play more. I think that we as the role models within the game for our kids can be the catalyst for that. The big dream, of course, is to say we're going to meet at the park on Sunday mornings and have scrimmages. And then after a couple of weeks, you don't even have to show up because everybody's already showing up and they're already playing. Part two is one of the more difficult aspects, I think, which is watching the game. Not a lot lot of our kids watch the game. So, for example, the Argentina-Brazil game last night, from a soccer enthusiast perspective, it was amazing to watch guys like Messi play, Neymar play, and the, the, the power struggle between the two nations and the history between them and the quality on the field. But it was a dogged game. It was a hard-fought game. There was one goal in it, one breakaway goal, which wasn't really all that amazing. The defender missed it. So there's a lot of blame on the defender and then a lot of blame on the goalkeeper for not being able to save a looped ball over his head for some reason but there's not much appreciation for the for the actual game in itself it's a 1-0 game it's tight and it's close and it's a final and I anticipate the England Italy game this afternoon being very much the same so how do we get our kids to watch that game it's boring you think about most of the games that they play there's lots of goals or lots of action lots of turnover because we don't really we haven't really mastered possession at a younger age which is okay but it looks a little bit different than what they play. So how are they going to enjoy it? How are they going to enjoy a game that is just isn't all that exciting? Now, do you have solutions? What do you do with your players? If I ask, and I encourage you to do the same thing, ask your players how they watch games. And a lot of the kids will watch highlights on Instagram or TikTok. And if you check out my TikTok, it's Lee Dunsocker. Started putting highlights on there from the Euros just to help people see some of the, the nuances around the game. Because when the kids are watching highlights, they're not really seeing a lot of the, the brilliance that just kind of goes unmentioned. Think about the way a team will press and maybe the press leads to a mistake that then leads to the winning of possession, which then leads to a goal. But on a highlight reel, you see the assist and then the goal. You don't really see how a team is set up. And for a lot of kids, they probably still won't appreciate that. But when we have these these little clips that we make as our influencers, so like myself and my TikTok, trying to help people just see different sides of the game and then appreciate moments of brilliance that don't necessarily lead to direct goals. So then how do we do that? There are, maybe you make your own highlight reel, 
based around perhaps your game model, perhaps the way that your team plays, you can pull out parts of a game. But that takes a lot of work and that takes clipping and editing. Maybe you don't have enough time. Do you watch the game and write timestamps down and then say to the kids, get the replay on ESPN or wherever they get it and then watch these moments and then tell me about it? Do you have a watch party, which is a really good way to get everybody together? And then it's kind of chaos and kids will get distracted anyway, but you're still in an environment of watching the game. Perhaps you have the players watch the game and write a report on it, or maybe just watch the first half and write a report. Maybe they only watch their own position or positions relative to themselves and then will identify positives and negatives. But importantly, I don't want to make a chore out of watching the game from coming from a good place, which is trying to get them to watch the game, if that makes sense to you. Because I I could tell all of my players that I work with, watch the first half of England versus Italy and just write a quick paragraph about how the game played out and what happened within those halves. And that would be fun, but now I'm making a chore out of watching the game for them. And I don't think it is a chore to be able to watch the game like that, but for kids that just want to watch and enjoy, it's definitely going to be a chore. So what do you do? And I feel like this is something that, as a soccer community, we can all benefit from. If you've got a genius idea, tag me at Lead on Soccer. Let me know what you are doing, because the more we can get our players watching the game and finding ways to watch the game, I think it's going to help us a lot. And my final part is to support local soccer, support the national team of the US, if you're here coaching in the US or wherever you are in the world, support what's local. The US in itself is a melting pot for coaches. I'm, of course, non-American. There are plenty of non-Americans in my community of coaches, and I'm sure you probably experience the same thing. But myself included, we've been known to bash the MLS or even the US national team when they lose to Trinidad and Tobago or looking at failures across the MLS and the MLS playing when there's other games going on and things like that. And it's really easy to compare what we have here to what we've grown up with in other countries and and especially in Europe. But our behaviors towards that, much like on the sideline, if you start shouting at the referee, then the players and parents will also start shouting at the referee. So then I start bashing the MLS or the US national team or the pyramid in the US and the lack of promotion relegation, whatever it is. I start bashing all of that and then the kids bash it and then they don't watch it or they don't believe in it like I've made them believe in it because I feel like England and the Premier League is the best place to watch soccer. So therefore, these kids will also begin to follow the same pattern. So now our local leagues here don't really have the support when we've got enough on our doorstep to be able to enjoy it. Now, as I'm on my gratitude journey this morning, I'm thinking that we need to stop all of that. We need to encourage local soccer, whatever that level is, however you feel about the pyramid and the closed pyramid, or if you want to support the local pyramid that is having an element of relegation and promotion, then we can go and support those too. But it's not the Champions League and it's not the Premier League or La Liga and it's not the same quality of players. But it is soccer to watch. It is an element of a game that kids can get in front of and go and be a part of. We're fortunate enough here in the US with our time zones 
that you can get up in the morning and watch the Premier League. And then you can watch the Spanish League because they kick off a little bit later on, or the German League. And then by then it's lunchtime, and it's time to get out and watch some local soccer or play in their own game. And then locally in the evening, there are USL teams or MLS teams playing locally. If you're clever and if you structure it right, you have a full day of soccer, including playing. And I think that as the influences in these players' lives, we can really impact that. We can really find a way to tie in all of those games and all of those moments of soccer for these players to enjoy more. And I look at a good friend of mine, his kid is now having his hair like Grealish. He has the hairband in and he played a game this morning and now you know full well that he is wired ready for the game this evening because the game's kicking off late on a Sunday in the UK. And I want every player to feel that way. So maybe now you just grab your phone really quickly and send a message to all of the parents on your team and say, don't forget there's a game on at noon if you're on the West Coast. Put it on. It's on ESPN. Put it on. It's live on Twitter. It's live on Facebook. Put it on. I have to give a reminder. Maybe you organize a team outing for the next local USL game or the local college team that's going to go and play. If you do IDPs with your players, which you probably heard me rattle on about a lot now, within the IDP, in my template, I have the players identify a player that they want to emulate, identify their next role model. And it can change all the time if they want it to, but it's beginning to identify the professional game with the game that they are playing. Watch their highlights on YouTube. So to sign off, in England, schools will start late tomorrow because of the game tonight. There's a culture around the game that we just don't have here. And I want that. I really, really want it. I want it really bad. People ask if I miss home. People ask if I miss being in England or if I'd ever go back to England. And my answer has always been that... I don't want to, I don't plan to, but I miss the culture of soccer, the culture of football, and especially right now with the situation that the England national team faces. So I want everyone to feel the way I do right now. I want everybody to be excited about the potential for winning, whether it's their local college team or their local USL team or MLS team, and then of course the national team. But whatever happens, I'm grateful for this moment. I'm grateful for this platform to talk to you about the future and where I see the game going and how I think we can impact the game and I want us to use it for the good.